Welcome to the Jaywalk Podcast. Um, I've been getting asked a lot to uh, talk about Nebraska football. Um, It's been a while since I made a podcast like this about Nebraska football, so uh, I'm a little rusty. So forgive me if I don't sound as fluent as I usually do when it comes to podcasts, but um, there's a lot going on about college football, and everybody knows how huge of a Husker fan I am, and I'm a huge Husker fan. I don't know if I'm a bigger Lakers fan or Husker fan, but um, let's talk about Husker football. Um, this podcast is definitely dedicated to the, the people that, that are Husker fans like me. Um, so let's let's get this podcast started. Let's dive right into it. So half of Husker Nation is frustrated. The other half is being patient. Well, I'll just say a third is frustrated. A third is mad. Excuse me. A third is frustrated. A third is okay. And a third of the nation is being, you know, patient. Now, uh, I I fall in the uh, patient category when it comes to a Husker fan. People see what Dion's doing over there in Colorado, and I know they're saying, well, you know, why is that not us? That could be us, and it's not fair. Well, let's let's talk about it. Let's unpack it for a second. Um. The one thing I appreciate about Matt Rule is he did he did say, "Hey, this is why you guys hired me," and it was going to be a slow build. And um, bear with me. I never said when I was going to get it right. I just said that I would get it right. And I think he needed to say that as far as uh, Husker Nation, they needed to hear that from him to let him know is like we need to stop worrying about what they're doing over there in Colorado worry about what we're doing here um i know a lot of y'all watched the first game and said wow same old nebraska but y'all ain't never seen nebraska with a defense like this in years we had to have a defense like this since indama kasu with them guys in 2009 so the positive takeaway is Matt Rule is going to get Nebraska back where they need to be. Matt Rule is going to get Nebraska playing for conference titles. Now, I don't know about national titles, but I'm very confident that he will get Nebraska back playing for conference titles again. Um, He has uh, the Pac-12 joining the conference next year, at least a, a, a third of it. And so he has to write this shit pretty quickly and get some stability so Nebraska can be competing for them type of titles. Especially with USC coming to the conference in Oregon. Uh, two uh, very good programs. Especially USC, historically. Um, I think us Husker fans, um, the one thing we do know is we know football. If anything, we know football. And people that know football know that when you have fast success, it's not usually maintained uh, for a long time. And that's not a shot at Dion because I want him to be successful, and I hope I hope it is a long time for Dion. Um, like I said, I, I used to hate Colorado, but I got to cheer for them because my man Coach Prime is over there. But... Um, He's having very early success. They got a big game uh, coming up this weekend in Oregon. And um, I will be cheering for Colorado. But I digress when we're talking about Matt Rule. Matt Rule, I think he's a damn good coach. Um, I, For them to be that where they are on defense in the third game is amazing. It's nothing short of amazing. I can't believe that they're that fast on defense and the pressure they're getting on quarterbacks and yeah, that defense is they're the real deal. They're the real deal. Um, Matt Rule was kind of put in a difficult situation where he had to go on the road the first game in Minnesota 
and then he had to uh, go on the road again against a rising Colorado team. Uh, that's a lot to ask for a first-year coach. And they had opportunity to win both games, particularly uh, Minnesota. They should have beat Minnesota, but Nebraska happened in the fourth quarter. Um, I want Husker fans that know that, that listen to this podcast is that we have to be patient. You guys are putting a lot of expectations like this team should go to a bowl game. No, this team needs to get better. Worry about a bowl game when they win five games. We need to do the old cliche thing of we need to worry about the team that's in front of us right now. That's where we need to be focused on. We we can't be focused on are we going to make a bowl game or, or anything like that. We need to be focused on getting better week to week. And we, like I said, we need to decide if we want to have early success and then falter later on or do we want to build a program like Matt Rule is trying to do. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, we don't need to be worried about what Dion is doing right now. That's in Boulder. That's not in Lincoln. We need to be worried about what's happening to Lincoln. And it's got much harder with us losing two uh, running backs for the season and a safety for the season. And um, all hands need to be on deck. Uh, I will say, I will, before, I also, I, we need to get into this right now before I forget the elephant in the rule of the quarterback situation here in Nebraska. We have uh, Sims and we have uh, Harburg, whatever, Harper, I can't remember his name. And um, we have an issue where who should start and all the turnovers that Sims had the first two games. Um, obviously, you say that backups should start because of the turnovers. But you kind of put Matt Rule in a situation where I recruit this quarterback from Georgia Tech to transfer here. And now I bench him. No matter how bad he plays, he probably knew he was going to start when he came here. But now you bench him. Uh, it's not as easy as people make it sound. Um, me personally, I would bench him. Um, Nebraska is one of those places where you just can't have a bad season. And as fair as, as it sounds, you just can't have a bad season here in Nebraska. You just can't. And, uh, so basically, we need to focus on the offense, because the offense is shitty. The offense is terrible. Very inconsistent. Uh, they played better this week against Northern Illinois, but they're Northern Illinois. They should do that to Northern Illinois. So it's really hard to say. Uh, but next week we'll get Louisiana Tech. This Saturday is it's a pretty big game because this will be the first time in, in you know in years Nebraska will be at 500. I think since 2019, Nebraska could possibly be at three 500 for a season. Uh, so we can't take anybody for granted. They need to uh, look at this game like it's a championship game or a conference game and um, get better and try to win it. Uh, last time Louisiana Tech came to Lincoln uh, in 1998, they had a receiver and a quarterback called Tim Rattay and a receiver called Troy Edwards that broke uh, the NCAA record for uh, receiving yards in a game. I think he had like 20 catches, four touchdowns, and Close to 300 yards receiving. I got. I got to look it up. But it was a lot. I mean, he let Nebraska up. Troy Edwards. Um, that's the last time Louisiana Tech was here, and that's more of a reason why we can't take them lightly, because you have to win games you're supposed to win, and Nebraska is not good enough to be overlooking anybody. Um. So. 
with that being said, let's get back to our quarterback situation. Um, the quarterback situation, uh, like I said, I think the backup looked a lot better in the Sims, a lot better. But, like, once again, he was playing against Northern Illinois. Sims was playing against Minnesota, and he's playing against, uh, you know, Colorado. So, two different levels of uh, competition. So, so you, you got to put things in context. So, I don't think, like I said, if I was Matt Rule, but I'm not Matt Rule, and he knows a lot more football than I do, I would play the backup. He looked more command of the offense. He looked more decisive. He put the ball where it was supposed to be, uh, but they didn't ask him to do a lot. They pretty much asked him to be a game manager, which I think that's a good thing. I think Nebraska is too big of a program where they can't even get a quarterback to be a game manager. If you look at it, Nebraska's last three starting quarterbacks were turnover prone. Starting with Tanner Lee, turnover prone. Uh, oh, I've got Tommy Armstrong, turnover prone. Uh, Taylor Martinez, turnover prone. Um, and, and Adrian Martinez, turnover prone. McCaffrey, turnover prone. So yeah, for basically the last 10 years, Nebraska have had a turnover prone quarterback uh, problem. And, and what makes it frustrating is because we're Nebraska. We should be able to get a game manager at the very least. Somebody that's not going to win the game, but somebody that that's not going to lose it for us either. Um, so it's just, and the reason why I'm having, like I said, I'm a little rusty. I haven't done one of these podcasts in a minute when it comes to Nebraska football. But the reason why it's so frustrating is you can tell that Matt Rule made a promise to Sims when he came here. And Obviously, he doesn't want to renege on that promise. Uh, and so, you got, he's kind of in a tough spot, man. I made you all these promises that I'm going to bench you when you get here. You know, even though he's not, he has not played well. And I'm going to say, I think Sims is ultra-talented. That man is talented. He's a turnover machine, but he's talented. He's like, uh, when he had that long run in Colorado, I was like, okay, okay, we're back in it. Obviously, he wasn't, but that's what I thought. So, he is a quarterback where you're going to have to manage the game with him. And when I say manage the game, I'm talking about keep his passes at a minimum. I'm talking about, like, I, I told my friend this, that he should not be throwing no more than 12 passes a game. He needs to be under center. And the only time that he should be throwing the football is if Nebraska is in a third and five situation. Yes. A third and five situation. Um, because I, 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 he's just too turnover prone. Ultra talented, but cancels it out by him being so turnover prone. And... Even though the Latin, the backup had a he had a uh, turnover, you know, inside the five yard line, uh, he, he had one, but that was due to the line missing the block. Um, that brings me to my second point. That offensive line, um, they are just too inconsistent. Um, the offensive line coach, he's been there two years. Um, last year wasn't his fault. So that was his first year actually, you know, playing with these uh, horrible <laughs> players on the offensive line. But we can't, you know, that's not his fault because he didn't recruit those players. So we pretty much gave him crap and asked him to make a gourmet meal, which is very hard to do. And the offensive line is very hard to, uh, you can't really put freshmen and sophomores, in a, you know, because they have to build their bodies up. 
because they're going to be going against juniors and seniors, you know, when it comes to the trenches. So we definitely, you just can't put uh, freshmen and sophomores out off of the line to get everything's going to be okay. So that's another reason why Sims struggles a little bit because the offensive line got to protect them better and they got to run back better. And they're just so inconsistent. It's just like, it's hard to get any continuity. Like in Nebraska, uh, in the 90s, the one thing that they're known for every year was their offensive line. The pipeline. Didn't matter what year it was. You knew the offensive line was going to be great. Didn't matter what year. You knew every year Nebraska offensive line was going to be good. In 94, when Oswald won his first national championship, that line was dubbed the best line in college football history, they were saying, in 1994. In 1995, you have four new starters, and they performed better than 94, where they was considered the best offensive line of all time. The system, that was Nebraska's identity. Uh, Chris Dishman uh, said in the 90s, I don't think that Tommy Frazier, Lawrence Phillips, and our running backs get the credit they deserve because they're great they're great athletes and runners. Think about that. Tommy Frazier, a Hall of Famer. Lawrence Phillips should have, should be a Hall of Famer. Amon Green saying they don't guys don't get enough credit for what they do because the offensive line was praised that much. That should tell you how good the offensive line was uh, in the 90s. And we have to get back to that. We, we, we have to get back to that. There is no making sure that the offensive line is serviceable. or No, no, we need to get back to dominating the line of scrimmage. That is mandatory. I, I'm talking about any coach that works here. Uh, Bo Pelini, uh, when he was here, he got close. He got real close. But uh, they, they were very consistent. I don't know if they were so-called great when Pliny was here, but they were very consistent. We got to get to consistency. And then we need to get back to dominating. It's, it was hard the past, what, 11 years to watch Wisconsin run the ball at Nebraska because that's what our identity was made on. And it was just hard to see... Um, uh, Wisconsin do that to us. Wisconsin did in Nebraska on Nebraska. And once Nebraska gets back to dominating the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, then we'll be back to where we were. Now, I don't know if it's going to be national championship, but I do know that we could play with the Ohio States, the Michigans, and the Penn States. On a, um, and the Wisconsin's on a, on a consistent basis. But first things first, we have to. The, off, the defensive line is showing drastic improvements this year. Kudos to them. They're balling. So we see that they're treating the right way on the defensive side of the ball. It's just off the offensive line is just so inconsistent. And without losing the top two running backs, it's going to be even harder for, you know, like that role is going to have to get even bigger. And they're going to have to even perform. They're going to have to basically play above their heads. They're going to have to, they're going to have to play better than what they are. And I don't know if they can do it. Ethan Piper, he's gotten better. Um, but I don't know if they can do it. I, I just don't. I'm hoping they can, but I don't know if they can. So with that being said, with Sims and the, and the backup back there, that's what makes it so hard. Is can the offensive line? Book. And another thing with Sims is he does not have very good hands. Dropping snaps, throwing, you know, saying throwing turnovers, throwing interceptions at the wrong time. It's. I can see why the fan base is saying, okay, we need to bench him. I'm in agreement with our fan base. 
I am in agreement with him. He needs to be benched. But, and I, I think that guy that from Carney, I, I think he played well against Northern Illinois. But once again, it was Northern Illinois. So, it's, like I said, so it's really hard to grade about how well, how good he is. But, um, Nebraska and the Matt Rule will get there. From what I've seen and the way Matt Rule coaches, Nebraska will get there. And we just got to be a little bit patient. Like I said, he always struggles his first year, you know, building the culture and, and um, getting the team disciplined. That's nothing Nebraska doesn't have. They're not very disciplined on offense at all. And I'm wondering if it's just time to start the youth movement and play all, all you know, those freshmen at the receiver position because Nebraska just does not have any playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They just don't. And when you don't have somebody that can just go over the top of a defense or take the ball and make a four-yard run into like 30, 40, um, you're not going to score very many points. Unfortunately, so we, I don't know, I, I understand, I am a fan of Matt Rule, I believe in him, I support him, and he has my support, so the Jaywalk Podcast supports Matt Rule. Uh, now, I know there's a small minority that doesn't right now, because they don't think that team's improving, the team is getting better, if you watch football, like I do, which a lot of you guys listen to me do, Nebraska has gotten better. You can see the improvements. You can see, like, Nebraska, they're getting better, and they're going to get there. We just have to be a little patient, like I said. So the people that are expecting, um, oh, you know, we should at least make it to a bowl game and have enough talent like that. No, 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 no. We need, damn, a bowl game. Let's worry about the team that's in front of us. Now, I know that's cliche, but that's what Nebraska needs to be doing. Damn the bowl game. Somebody, uh, after they lost to Colorado, somebody walked off, you know, stadium talking about, man, we're not going to go to a bowl game this year. Don't, we're worried about the wrong stuff. We're worried about the wrong stuff. We need, we need to be worried about how we cut the turnovers down, how we can be more disciplined. How are we going to get through these injuries? Because we lost, you know, that's what we need to be worried about. Bowl games and everything else, worry about that when they get to five games. Um, and like I said, with USC, UCLA, and Oregon and Washington joining the conference next year, um, trust me, Matt Rule knows that he has to get this this this, this train right on the right track sooner sooner more than later, and. Like I said, they should have beat Minnesota. They should have beat Minnesota, but four turnovers. They, they could have beat Colorado, but once again, four turnovers. Ill-advised turnovers, things, turnovers that should never happen. But I digress. Let's see. Um... Let me, let me read these questions to you that somebody sent me that they, they wanted me to talk about on the edge. Ooh, I fell asleep. Okay. About the quarterbacks. Do you think that... What's it say? Oh. Do you think that it is about the bowl game? Nebraska will make a bowl game this year. Like I said... I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to worry about week to week. Are they getting better as a team from week to week? I mean, if you want to talk to me, I don't want to hear anything else about a bowl game. Let's beat the team that we're playing that week. And then, like I said, when we get to five games, then you worry about a bowl game. But until then, limiting our turnovers, limiting our penalties, and getting the offensive line uh, to play more consistently are the concerns that I'm worried about. 
Not worried about a bowl game at all right now. Let's see. Would you have pulled Sims at the Colorado game? Um, yes. Yes. And I'm honestly, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of this because I hate it when teams do this. But I'm honestly uh, a fan of actually using the two-quarterback system this year. Um, I think that they should make some packages for both quarterbacks. Um, and run a two quarterback system this year because I really I, I the backup it didn't show enough for me to have I mean against Northern Illinois he looked he looked good against Northern Illinois but like I said it's Northern Illinois he's supposed to look good and Jason you know Sims have just has not looked good to me at all this year so I would use a two quarterback system you see what I'm saying and if one starts to separate from each other during the season. And then he might be a starter for the rest of the season, or he might play more. But I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a believer of this only this season only to run a, a two quarterback system, because I honestly don't think Sims is your answer for a whole season. I, I, I really don't. Um, those turnovers that he is throwing, those interceptions that he is throwing, are just inexcusable, and they're bad. They're, they're, they're bad. They're not like. Uh, DB's making great plays on the football. These are just bad interceptions he's throwing. And so, it, it's really, I, I honestly believe that they should run a two-quarterback system. I honestly believe that. I don't, I don't think that um, all three of these quarterbacks that they have, I, I don't think, I, I, don't, I just don't have the face in them. And I hope I'm wrong. But I don't have the face in any of them to get Nebraska to a, a winning season. Okay, let's see what this one is. What grade would you give Matt Rule right now in the first three games of the season? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. Probably a C. Uh, it would be a B plus, but um. Not him not pulling Sims in that um, Colorado game, dropping down to a C. Let's see what else? Are you surprised by how well the defense is playing, and do you think that they can keep it up for the whole season? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I do actually. I think they can keep it up the whole season. Um, because they play, they play what they said, twenty-five players. So nobody should be on that field getting tired. They're playing that many players. I mean, they're playing a lot of players on defense. So I think they can keep it up. Will they? It's yet to be seen. But I think they can. Um, Lionheart, that guy, the freshman, that guy, I saw them sacks. Uh, I like him. He He's really good. The secondary. And the one thing that I will give credit where credit's due, the defensive coordinator, Tony White, is doing an amazing job. Doing an amazing job. And... In Nebraska, the one thing that they have on defense is speed. They got some speed on that defense. Wait till you see them this Saturday. You'll see how fast that defense moves. Nebraska got some speed. Like, I haven't seen speed like this on Nebraska defense in a while, but Nebraska got some speed on defense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, to answer the question, yeah, I think they, they will keep it up. I, I really do. Um, they got mission coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, that's going to tell it tell it, see how good they really are when they play against Michigan. It's a home game too, so it should be quite loud, quite loud. But um, yes, I, I'm I'm a total believer in this defense though. Okay, what's the other question? Let's see. Do you think or have faith? And Anthony Grant as a running back. Man, that's a difficult question. Very difficult question. Um, I'm not going to say the old cliche answer. Oh, he has potential and. He goes on to the football. 
You know, he could be good. He, from them running backs that can be great to bad. He, he, he's not one of those backs that can be average. Either he's going to be a great back or a bad back. I don't think, I mean, when I see him get that touchdown running against Northwestern last year and the plays he made, I was like, okay, this dude is the truth. My only problem with him was is he runs east to west a little bit too much for me. He needs, you know, he needs to run north to south a little bit more. Um, but he can make you miss. And um, he has an opportunity for the rest of the season to show everybody he's the man and he should have been starting. But um, but the one thing he has to do, he has to hold on to the football. That is, he has to hold on to the football. And will he? That's, we have to wait and see. But I think he will. I don't know. That, that's up in the air for me, y'all. Um, I think he... he he has the potential to be a a, a first-team All-Big all Ten back. He has that potential to be one of them. Or he could be the most fumbliest uh, running back in the conference this year. But if you're talking about him just being average right in the middle, he ain't one of them type of backs. He's either feast or famine. So, yeah, either he's going to play really great or he's going to play really bad. And hopefully he plays really great. But... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Ah, let me see two more of these and then we'll move on. Hmm. Who do you think is their MVP so far this season? Damn, that's tough. There's nobody on offense. <laughs> It's nobody on offense, so so. Um, oh man. If I, if I had to say somebody, it would be uh, the receiver Kemp. I, I would say he's been the most consistent person on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but that's not saying a lot. That's not saying a lot. Um, Thomas Fedoni, that the tight end, like they said, you know, he was like the best tight end in the country when he came here. Um, I think they need to get him the ball more because he could be the MVP. Because I see the talent there. Um, but um, as of right now, I think it's Billy Kemp. He is the MVP for Nebraska this season. Um, but like, but once again, like I said, that's not saying a lot. That's not saying too much this season. Last question. Oh, this one's about Colorado. The question is Shakur Sanders. Is he the Heisman winner in your eyes? Or do you think he'll win the Heisman? Who? Yeah, he is nice, man. He is nice. He is one of, I mean, as far as quarterbacks in the country outside of uh, uh, Caleb in uh, USC, um, man, that's a good question. Um, I don't think he'll win the Heisman. No, no, but I know he's a great quarterback and. He is, see, I hate to do this, but let's do this real quick. Compare him to Sims. Now you probably think it ain't no comparison because of the numbers. It really isn't. Compare him to Sims. Even when he is pressured, he throws the ball to the right person. He throws the ball in the right place. He throws the ball. He knows, like, where a receiver should be, and that's where he throws the ball. Sometimes he holds on the ball a little bit too long, but you know he'll get better. And but he is an amazing quarterback. I, I've never seen 
a quarterback and he does not get rattled. That's his best attribute. His poise is amazing. He does not get rattled. And he always, always, always thinks, okay, we'll get him on the next possession. Oh, I got sacked? Okay, that's cool. We'll get him back on the next possession. And the thing that he does so great is before Travis Barker went out, man, I hope he, you know, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Hurry up and get back, man, because I think you're the best player in college football. Um, he distributes the ball evenly to all his receivers and tight ends. See, what Sims does is he locks on to a receiver and he throws it. And that's why it gets intercepted because he's looking directly at where he's going with the football. He doesn't look off the safeties, doesn't look off the, the linebackers. He just stares down his receiver. So everybody knows where the ball is going. And when six or seven people know where the ball is going, you're going to throw interceptions. And that's one thing Shakur Sanders does not do. He does not, I repeat, he does not throw interceptions. And I wish that we could find a quarterback. Because remember, in the past 12 years, we just had quarterbacks that just throw interceptions. And it's a contending trend. Now, Matt Rule just got here, so I'm not going, I'm not going to, obviously, uh, blame him for that. But... Sims, when he's at Georgia Tech, had a lot of turnover. He had 23 interceptions there. So, and he's 24 years old. So, this is who he is, people. He is a turnover machine. I mean, it's just no way around it. He's a turnover machine. He will lose the game for you by turning the ball over. So there is no I don't know I just think I don't I, I just as great as anybody said Matt Rule is he should be able to see the signs of the way Sims throws the football and all the interception he throws there is no way in the world that this man cannot be seeing this in practice. If they, if they say where we say he is, which I'm pretty sure he is, what is it in practice that he's doing that he's not doing in the games? That's the end of the questions. Those are some good questions, man. Y'all keep those up, man. I had to actually, actually had to think about those questions. Um, my preview of the game is I don't want to give a score for this game this weekend because I, I haven't seen Louisiana Tech play, so I don't want to give a score. But I mean, Nebraska should win. I think Nebraska will win, and um, they need this game to get back to 500. And to get that, it's a mental thing, an emotional thing. You just don't want to have you just don't want to have those uh, more losses and wins just from a mental aspect on your record. So this game is very important for Nebraska mentally. Um, uh, for the season but so the goals I think number one we have to be patient Husker fans number two stop talking about bowl game talk about, stop talking about have enough time to stop that 
they'll have enough talent to make it to a bowl game when they make it to a bowl game. Third is what kind of fan base are we going to be? Are we going to be into the you want a quick have to quick fix and suck from then on? Or do you want to be in um hey, let's get it figured out now, even if we got to suck and have and build a program where we're good for the next ten to fifteen years. I'd rather have the latter, and I'm pretty sure people that, that listen to this podcast rather have the latter too. Um, I think we. I think. I'm trying to see how I'm going to word this. I really think um, Nebraska's going to be all right this year. I, I honestly believe that with that defense plan. And I think they can play with anybody in the conference, including Ohio State. I just don't think much. Just offensively, they just don't have the horses. But with that defense, they can play with anybody in the conference. And that that like I said, that offensive line has to get better, particularly when you don't have that many playmakers. Now, I'm not Matt Rule, like I said. He knows football way better than I ever will. But if I'm Matt Rule, I would start playing my freshman at the receiver position. I would. I would really start. I would get the, the youth movement going. Because at the end of the season, um, they're not going to be freshmen anymore. So... Um, let's just say I think Nebraska's going to win the game. Nebraska should beat Louisiana Tech. But, Husker Nation, um, don't be surprised if they lose. Okay, yes, they should win, but will they win? And we have seen over the past eight years that Nebraska, they will lose if they find a way to lose. Um, but the good thing is the defense is playing lights out. You've never seen a defense play like this under Scott Frost. Um, like I said, you haven't seen a defense like this at Nebraska since 2009 when they had Sue and others on that team. Um, so... Nebraska, they're definitely they're definitely headed on the right the right path to get back to get back that. Like I said, conference championships, I think they'll be playing for. But as far as national, who I don't know, I don't know. That's going to be a uh, time will tell. But I I we really need to talk to the fan base and let them know that hey. He is a program builder. He did not get hired for the quick fix. Of course, we want him successful. He's, he's Coach Prime. Excuse me. He's, he's, wow. He's Matt Rule. Of course, we want him successful. He, I mean, he's the head coach in Nebraska. But like he said, and he got to be known, y'all hired me to build the program. Not for a quick fix. Everywhere I went, I've struggled the first season. But then the second season, we're a totally different team. And I believe Nebraska will be the exact same way. I honestly believe that. But us as a fan base, we need to dial it back a bit. And we need to get back to, okay, our fundamentals. Are we disciplined? Um, are we, you know, are we doing the little things that we need to do to win football games? We we need to play Louisiana Tech like it's a national championship game to get us back to 500. And that whole that Michigan game is going to take a whole new meeting. Nebraska can get back to two and two, 
and Michigan, they'll probably be what three and zero or four and zero by the time they get here. Um, that game was a lot bigger as opposed to one and three. It was a lot better. And I'm not game day. I'm not saying they're going to come here, but the game was a lot better with that two and two Nebraska team and a four and zero Michigan team. And that's when Jim Harbaugh gets back from suspension. So, um. So yeah, getting back to what I was talking about, Husker fans, we need to decide if we're the best friends in the country, like they say we are, we need to be on this for the long ride. And this season, stop putting parameters and you know goals for this season other than getting better each week. That's the only goal that we should be having this season is getting better each week. So we can be better next year. If you want to go to a bowl, go to the kitchen and get you some cereal. As of right now. As of right now. But until then, the old cliche. We're only worried about the team that we're playing this week. So I think I rambled a little bit uh, too much already on the subject. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, go Big Red. Um, shout out to, uh, to my homie Tyree. Shout out to my homie Mike. Uh... Shout out to uh, my homie Omar. Um, I will be not doing in a New York minute list anymore. Um, my daughter listens to me, and um, I don't. I shouldn't be talking about anybody else's daughter that that way, even though it's 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 in a good way, but. I shouldn't be talking about other people's daughter. I don't want nobody talking no way about my daughter, so I, I shouldn't be talking about anybody else's daughter that way. No matter how, how it doesn't matter how pretty they are, or how much I desire them. So I will be ending in a New York minute list off the podcast. Um, I'm gonna say uh, I talked to my uh, my daughter for the first time in almost a year, and. It's like a weight been lifted off me. Um, it feels good. And um, it makes me feel like I can face anything now. Sometimes all it takes is something simple, like a phone call. And it just turns your world around. So I definitely want to give a shout out to my daughters, Jaylee and Yessie. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for being my daughters. And go Syracuse. That's my daughter's... uh, volleyball team go Syracuse Rockets um so I think I got all my shout outs done um I will before I go I also want to say um the tragedy that happened in New York I have to talk about this about the fentanyl uh and the kids at the daycare which is extremely sad and it something like that should not be happening and I am tired of this fentanyl shit it took somebody very close to me very close to me I'm tired of it I am so tired of it this is inexcusable for a one year old for a one-year-old to be dying 
had a daycare over some fentanyl. They charged the couple with murder and everything else. All that just doesn't matter when you hear a one-year dog from fentanyl poisoning. A one-year-old died from that. That doesn't even go together. One-year-old and fentanyl poisoning. And with three other kids sick, it's just, I don't know, what is this world coming to? Where daycare is being opened up and we got fentanyl everywhere in a damn daycare. So, sorry, I got, I, got, I got a little quiet there. Um, let's end the podcast on that. Um, sorry, I'm still emotional about the kids. But, um, go Big Red. Be good to each other, but be better to yourself. And I would definitely talk to y'all on the next podcast. You know, I'm pretty sure something's going to happen this week. <laughs> something's going to happen this week that I'm going to have to talk about. So, um, yeah. I'm out. See you in the next podcast. I'm out.